I'm gonna tell everyone how Nick Wright is. F***ing great. <laughs> the Jaguars were four and eight, and somebody had the foresight to say they're still winning the division. And I told you guys a month ago that the next time they lose was gonna be in Arrowhead to the Chiefs in the divisional round. Yo, you don't say! Everybody laughed at me! Hold on, guys. Man. Never a doubt. I gotta tell you the truth. There's a little bit of doubt. The prince comes through. To mention he's still undefeated on Saturdays. Undefeated on Saturdays! <laughs> I forgot about that stupid take I had. Oh, what a glorious evening that was. Welcome in. Episode, I don't even know what episode this is. 118 of What's Right with Nick Wright. Typically, we tell you what missed here. I don't even need to do that right now. We're going to get right into the football. Before we even do that, Demonze, if people want the last bit of media you and I did together, the end of Friday's gambling show, we gave out in succession the, the following. We gave out a Saturday exclusive teaser of the Niners and Jags. Cash it. We gave out a 60 to 1, 16 parlay that thanks to the fraudulent Kirk Cousins, we didn't hit, but gave you five against the spread picks, four and one on those. And we gave out the offer of Jags money line, Trevor over 248 passing yards, and the Niners minus 16 and a half. And if the Niners were up 24, the Seahawks scored. They went for two to try to ruin us. It didn't convert. That was 11 to 1. So if you stuck with us through, let's call it an up and down, somewhat tumultuous gambling year, week 18, we went th 11 and 3. This week, we're already 4 and 1. So that is we're 15 and 4 in our last 19 against the spread bets. I can do that math. 15 and 5 be 75%. So that's about 78% against the spread, if that's any good for you. We gave out an 11-1 to winner. We gave out a teaser, and we came within a hair of being alive tonight for a 60-1 to parlay. But none of it is possible without the Prince. So, Demonze, get us started, my friend. So, obviously, a little bit of history was made on Saturday. Oh, you don't say. Promised and yeah. the Jags. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? Okay. So, guys, be honest. You were watching that game, and Trevor throws a pick. It's a batted ball. And Demonze's sitting right there with me, and I yelped. He said, oh, no. And then he throws another pick. And then he throws another pick. The second, so let's go through them all. First pick, batted ball happens. Second pick, he thought he was going to get illegal contact, which there was, but I give the refs credit. They they were just not calling stuff. At least they were consistent. Right. But also fourth and seven, if that pick doesn't actually hurt you as long as they don't return it a long period of time, hurt you as much as an incompletion would have. That one, I, I that one, I'm not going to kill him on. The third pick was bad. The fourth pick was an unbelievable play and not good. So he's now he started the game four for eighteen with four interceptions. As terribly as a game can start. And then the Jags punt returner had a ball bounce off his head. And from that moment forward, as is if you read any of your history books or fables or tales of a young royalty coming into the throne, they overcome impossible adversity against all odds to then shock the world and have their greatest triumph. And Trevor Lawrence did just that. At, from that moment, down 27 nothing against a team with multiple all-pro defenders, he played a perfect football game. The Jags, after being down 27 nothing, they are down four or five possessions. They had five possessions left in the game. Trevor passing touchdown, Trevor passing touchdown, Trevor passing touchdown, Trevor passing touchdown, plus a Superman leap for two, game-winning field goal drive. Those are the five drives. And it's not just that it was a 17-0 comeback, or 27-0 comeback, pardon me. 
it was the first comeback like that in NFL history where the opposing team doesn't turn the ball over. Right. For them to do that without the Chargers fumbling a kickoff. When the Chiefs uh, came back 24-0 on the Texans, there was a fumbled kickoff. There was a fake punt that was essentially a turnover. A lot of things. The, the Jags defense just stepped up. The Chargers offense fell apart. And Trevor kept answering the bell. He remains undefeated on Saturday. Something everyone laughed at me about when I talked about it on TV. And then you know what? You saw it everywhere. Now, you know it's obviously Chiefs-Jags, right? Did you see when that game is? Yeah, what is it? First game of the weekend, Saturday afternoon. Right. It makes me a little nervous. So you are nervous about it? How can I not be? Kansas City hasn't hosted royalty since Princess Di 45 years ago. I don't actually know if she came. <laughs> I don't know if that actually happened. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Okay. A little nervous just because it is. It, it, you are now up against a top five quarterback coming off his greatest professional achievement. Now, the Chiefs are rested in all of this. The Chiefs are, what do you think? You haven't looked at it yet. What do you think the line is? I mean, it's obviously in Arrowhead. Yep. Um, uh, I'd say Chiefs minus seven. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Chiefs minus eight and a half is what I saw it at this morning. Yeah, I gave Trevor too much credit. The, well, yeah, I understand. How There's no way to give him too much credit. Honest question, though. Everyone now agrees with me he's top five quarterback, right? I believe folks, so. Folks gave me a hard time when I said he was top 10 already. But I don't ever want to hear <laughs> Justin Herbert's better. I just don't. I just don't want to hear it. And I think Herbert's very good. But another thing is, and we'll talk Chargers in a second, after the muffed punt, you have the first and goal from the six, up 24 nothing, a chance for 31 nothing, and really kill it. End the game. On third and goal, he has Keenan Allen wide open. He sails it over his head. And from that moment forward, it was a Jaguars avalanche. And this is why pedigree matters. This is why a guy being the number one player in his high school class, the one of the greatest college performers ever matters. Because instead of turtling, instead of going into a shell after the worst half of football of his life, he had the confidence, the courage to keep being himself. And to keep it, it is such a such a drastic difference from a guy like Kirk Cousins, who we'll talk about later, who has an opportunity against a defense that you've been carving up to drive down the field, score a game tying touchdown, and on fourth and eight checks the ball down. Because he doesn't have that well of experience of being great in the biggest possible moments like Trevor does. And it's just, it, it. listen, the AFC quarterback picture is just impossibly good. But one, before we get to the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence started the game 4 of 16, zero touchdowns, four picks with a passer rating of 0.0. He ended the game 24 of 31, four touchdowns, zero picks with a passer rating of 141. It simply does not get better than that. All right. I think we need to talk a little bit more about this game. So Is, go ahead. Do you think that Brandon Staley will still have his job by the time we're done with the show? Uh, so I don't think they're going to fire him. Really? It's not in the Chargers history to fire him. It's not in the Chargers' history. Everyone's like, oh, Sean Payton. The Chargers don't like paying coaches a lot of money. Brandon Staley makes like $4 million a year. They, Sean Payton would make $20 million a year. What's up? You, you have a little twinkle in your eye like you want to say something. No, nothing. I was just, just kind of thinking on something with what you were saying. And so oh, do I think that's a fireable loss? Yes. Do I think that you saw in this game and I'm going to go on a little miniature analytics rant here. 
you saw that this weekend, fourth and one, everyone's going for it. The two-point conversion that Doug Peterson went for, even with the penalty on Bosa, would have been unthinkable a few years ago. They went for it. The Chargers, on the other hand, did not play the style of football that made Brandon Staley, in my opinion, a very good coach. He allowed himself to be bullied by the media. And so I can go through it for you. The number of fourth down opportunities the Chargers had that they left on the table. The fourth and goal from the four inside the five-yard line, second drive of the game, they kick a field goal. Uh, the fourth and goal from the five after the muffed punt, they kick a field goal. In the second half, when think the wheels are potentially starting to come off, you had an opportunity. Let me find it exactly what it was. The fourth and three at the 22 it by the way in a spot where a field goal you're up 10 a field goal even if you make it two touchdowns beat you still they kick the field goal and at the end of the game fourth and five at their own 30 they punt the ball away and never touch it again so staley totally turtled on the other hand Doug Peterson, go, 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 go. Not just the two-point conversion. The the fourth down early in the game that didn't work out and the fourth down late in the game where instead of simply going for a quarterback sneak and trying to pick it up, he said, let's pop a big play, hits ETN on the side, and that wins them the game. That wins them the football game. So if Staley is going to have any utility as a coach, he had to be the guy he was his first year the most aggressive coach in the NFL. Instead, he went away from what got him there, what made him him, and now he's just another below-average NFL head coach. Just all he is. But I think they're going to keep him. All right, next. All right, roller coaster Josh Allen and the Bills snuck out a three-point win at home versus Skylar Thompson. Uh Burrow and the Bengals didn't look look too much better, though. Yeah. As they were as they were a tip pass away from getting to overtime versus Tyler Huntley. Uh-huh. This is great news for the Chiefs. Do the Bills and the Bengals look like the shakiest teams left in the playoffs? Well, I'm not gonna go with the shakiest teams left, but let's start with the Bengals and then we'll get to the Bills. Okay. That game going the way it did was so incredibly predictable. And listen, I said I thought the Ravens could win the game outright. Right. And the Ravens outplayed them. Give the Bengals credit. They, they the play the fourteen point swing. You can't overcome it. But the Ravens almost did overcome it. Right. Even if if he just quarterback sneaks there and gets stuffed instead of leaping like a dope. Even if they go for it on fourth down and don't get it, right. I believe the Ravens win the game because then it's four, it's seventeen seventeen and the Bengals offense didn't was doing nothing, nothing, and you haven't backed them off the inch line. If they decide to kick the field goal there, I think they win it. The only way for them to lose that game was what happened. A fumble and the fumble returned for a touchdown. But the the Bengals' turnover luck in their postseasons over the last two years is unbelievable. Last year in four playoff games, they forced nine turnovers committed to. Yesterday... They forced two turnovers, committed one. One of those turnovers, they returned for a touchdown. And Joe Mixon, who said they're the big dogs of the AFC, had a bad game. And But the Ravens' defense deserves credit. Obviously, with better quarterback play, they win the game. But the Bengals survive in advance. But it was a costly victory because that offensive line got more banged up in the game. Their left tackle, Jonah Williams, who hasn't been good this year, but he's still their starting left tackle. Right. He ended up going out with injury. That is a very expensive win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Then we get to the Bills. That would have been one of the worst losses in NFL history. That would have been worse than the Chargers loss. Yeah. You're playing Skylar Thompson. He is shaky at best. The stars on the Dolphins are shaky at best as far as dropping passes. And Josh Allen, by himself, 
kept the Dolphins in that game. Josh Allen did everything he could to find a way to lose that football game. On the season, Josh Allen now has 32 interceptions and fumbles. No one else in the league has more than 28. Matt Ryan had 28. Justin Fields had 27. That's a second-year player and a fossil that got benched. Josh Allen fumbled the ball three times, including one return for a touchdown that flipped the game, threw two interceptions, and wouldn't stop throwing these insane bombs down the field. He threw more bombs, 20-plus air yards down the field in that game than any quarterback has thrown in any game Miami all year. Miami was it to him, though. I, well, but he wasn't compl- he completed one great one Let's early see. in the game and then wouldn't go away from it. He just can't help himself. And it is very difficult. If you're a Bills fan, here's your concern. Josh Allen was a turnover machine. Until Brian Dable got there. Then he cleaned it all up, played the best football of his life. Brian Dable left. He's a turnover machine again. Daniel Jones was a turnover machine. Brian Dable got there and he cleaned it up entirely. Daniel Jones, not we'll talk about him in his game in a moment. Not only did he have a great playoff game, he led the league in lowest interception rate this year. Clean 1.1% interception rate this season. Okay. So it, there are. Would it, you take Trevor Lawrence over Josh Allen? Mm. So here's the thing on that. I don't, I don't know how my pause is not because I'm debating the question. My pause is because I'm trying to figure out how to best explain the answer. I don't know how you can see this level of carelessness from Josh Allen at this point in his career and think it's ever going to go away. This is his fifth season. He's played nearly 100 games in this league. How can, or maybe he's played exactly 100, thereabouts. How can you possibly think that, no, 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 this is going to stop. It's not going to stop. Now, it's odd for me to then say you don't have to worry about the Trevor when he just obviously had a four-interception playoff game. But Trevor Lawrence is on a skyward trajectory. And Trevor Lawrence, to me, is not nearly as much of an injury risk as Josh Allen because he's damn near as big as him. Right. And he doesn't play that style. So if I were... If I were saying quarterbacks, quarterback to build around your picking, I, if I were saying quarterbacks you can have for the next decade, I would go Mahomes, a clear one, Burrow, Lawrence, two, three, and then Josh Allen, four. They, the, I mean, I think that's, and then after Josh Allen, you would have Herbert, and then we'll see if, what Jalen Hurts looks like in the playoffs. But it is, Un, that game, you're up 17 nothing against a third-string quarterback at home. Their team is playing terribly. And, and Josh Allen forced them back into the game. Th- that there's no, there, there's no disputing that. There's no arguing that. He could have had five turnovers. He fumbled the ball three times, including early in the game when he just kind of like threw it, threw it forward. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? At his core, he is still the guy who, in his first career playoff game, was running up the sideline and just blindly threw the ball backwards over his head. And <laughs> his, his career playoff numbers look really good, but it's misleading because Josh Allen, this is what he has done game by game. First playoff game of his career, the one he threw the ball backwards over his head. No touchdowns, a rating below 70, two fumbles. His second career playoff game, sensational against the Colts, 
two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 121 rating, one fumble. His third playoff game against the Ravens, mediocre. One touchdown, no picks, one fumble, and 86 rating. His third career playoff game against the Chiefs, mediocre. Two touchdowns, one pick, and 81 rating. Then his fourth career, fifth career playoff game, perfect. Patriots, five touchdowns, zero picks, a 158 passer rating. His next playoff game against the Chiefs, perfect except he lost. Four touchdowns, zero picks, a 136 rating. And then yesterday against the Dolphins, three touchdowns, two picks, a 93 rating, and three fumbles. So if you remove, and again, it's not fair to remove, but let's just do it like this. In his career, he's played seven playoff games. He's been sensational in three of them and below average in the other four. But he was so good in those three that his career playoff numbers look like they're all-time great, but it's but it's really the Chiefs and the Patriots game that are doing all the work there. Aside from those two games, the Chiefs-Patriots game, one of which he lost, by the way, he has in his other five career playoff games a passer rating below 90. He has seven passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and seven fumbles. Okay. Seven touchdowns, three picks, and seven fumbles in the other five games. Next. All right, it's official. Jimmy G was holding back the 49ers. And when are we going to get to something that I didn't nail months ago? And <laughs> one game, Brock Purdy tied Garoppolo's career postseason touchdown total. They're That's a not, remarkable stat. And they're obviously on that seven-game win streak with Purdy. Well, yeah, and they're for the record, they're on an 11-game winning streak overall. But as you mentioned, seven games with Purdy. Right. Yep. Who should get the most credit for this run? Kyle Shanahan, the defense, or Brock Purdy? Kyle He's going to say Shanahan. Yep. Yeah. It's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it just flatly is. The defense was amazing in the second half mm-hmm. on Saturday. was not great in the first half. Right. I mean, they were, again, we had the Niners in an alternate line minus 16 and a half. Right. They covered it, but they were trailing at halftime. Gino was dealing, and, the, 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 you know, they, the the defense is unbelievable, but has had some spotty moments. I mean, Here's, the flags kind of helped the, the 49ers. I feel like they got the Seahawks out of there. Well, know, yeah, flow. so there was, there was one, and... The, the Seahawks center kept going illegally downfield. Right. And there was a spot when it was uh, the Seahawks were driving for a lead uh, and were driving late in the first half. They were about to have third and short. They had an illegal man yeah. downfield. And the very next play, they fumble and the game kind of flips right there. So th- th- that's a fair point. But, and, and Purdy has been excellent. But at this point, you kind of have to ask yourself this question. Do you believe Brock Purdy is the next new age Kurt Warner, that he is a great player that was just totally overlooked and underdrafted? Or do you believe that this offense was a juggernaut waiting to happen once it was unshackled from Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jimmy Garoppolo has played six playoff games. In those six playoff games, he has a total of four touchdowns, six interceptions, a rating of 74, and averages 160 yards per game. He has one playoff game with a good passer rating. That playoff game, Demonze, they only let him throw the ball eight times. He was six for eight in that game. Brock Purdy... In his first career playoff game, had four touchdowns, so matching Jimmy's career total, zero picks, a 131 rating, and threw for more yards than Jimmy G averaged in two playoff games. He also looks like he's been there before. Like, the guy seems very comfortable. So this is where the benefit of playing four years of big-time college football helps. So Iowa State's not a great program, but they're in the Big 12, so you play big games. You played four years there. And so he has played in a lot of games. But it's Shanahan. It's Shanahan's, and it's why Shanahan spent all that draft capital on Trey Lance because he knew if we ever were to get a great quarterback, we're unbeatable. Unbeatable. And 
Now, I don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. I was, I was about to say, what about Trey Lance's job? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if Purdy gets him to the Super Bowl and doesn't have a dud, I think you probably just have to eat your losses on Trey Lance and trade him for like a second round pick to a team that liked him coming out of the draft because it's got to be Purdy. Right. Purdy has to be the guy. He's actually cheaper than Trey. They're both incredibly cheap. But because he's a rookie this year, you have him under control longer, all that stuff. Or but get Aaron Rodgers. That there is I the Niners. Yeah, for Trey Lance. Well, I don't know if that I don't think that would be the trade, but I also don't think they want Rodgers. Right. I think right now, Brock Purdy looks better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'll tell you that much true. right now. And so to me, Shanahan deserves the credit. And that team is a juggernaut. That team is an absolute juggernaut that you would say it's hard to see anybody beating them, but I saw the Chiefs beat them by 21. So, or 20 or 21, whatever it was. Uh, but Shanahan is has done a brilliant job there. Our, coach. By the way, we have a poll question. Oh, yeah, and you guys can participate in the chat, and we'll get to your uh, comments at the end of the show. Who deserves more credit? By the way, whoever curates our chat, our buddy and the one of the producers, first things first, Dusty, says he always puts questions in the chat and that we've never answered one of them. So he's a little upset. Uh, 71% of the audience says Shanahan, 8% the defense, 21% says Purdy. All right, next. Brian Dable and Daniel Jones led their team to the second round after upsetting Minnesota. Dable should get Coach of the Century Award for making Daniel Jones a reliable quarterback. The real winner, though, is Daniel Jones, who is up for a big payday in free agency, obviously. Yeah. Is it crazy to think that Daniel Jones might be a better free agent, free agent quarterback than Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's, yes, that is crazy. That, yeah. is, that is crazy. Not better than Lamar Jackson. Okay. Even so, considering the injuries. Even considering the injuries. So Daniel Jones. Throws the, the ball better than Lamar Jackson. Okay, so you're in on Daniel Jones. I, bro, Daniel Jones is my guy. <laughs> you're in on Daniel Jones. I didn't know that. So he played a great playoff game. Yep. I'm going to be the last guy on this island. Wait, hold on. And he's also mobile. He is mobile. <laughs> he is mobile. Um, I, you, do you, I think it was Saquon. I'm not sure. One of his teammates. You know what they called him? What? I don't think this is an appropriate nickname, by the way. But one of his teammates called him that. They called him Vanilla Vic. Uh, and uh, he is mobile. And he's an excellent runner. <laughs> I'm going to be the last person on the I don't believe, believe in, in Daniel Jones Island. I am. Yeah, you tend to stick to your opinions. I just this. saw so many years of terrible football by him that I just wonder if now he's doing it with no receivers and he just did it in the road playoff game. He's I, by the way, reserve the right to adjust this opinion before I'm on television in four hours. I have to think about this more because he has done this year everything you would ask him to do. His numbers are good. He's a tough runner. He's not turning the ball over. With that said, this is a team that in the final 10 games of the year won three times. And those three victories came against Indy, Washington, and the Texans, okay? So I do wonder if this is more about the Vikings' league-worst pass defense. I mean, the guys were as open as you will ever see in a playoff game. Combine it then with the fact that Kirk Cousins <laughs> checking the ball down on fourth and eight inside of two minutes left in a playoff game is the most football-wise cowardly thing I may have ever seen. I don't, I can't fathom that decision tree. And it's not like he checked it down to Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson. He checked it down to his tight end who was blanketed by a guy. It was such an outrageous. It's like throwing the ball away. Yeah. I don't know what he was protecting against. We saw Justin Jefferson beat the Buffalo Bills on a fourth and 18 
Well, they ended up beating him. This play didn't beat him, but it kept him alive to beat him. On a fourth and 18, when he left up one-handed and made maybe the greatest catch in NFL history, throw him the ball or throw it to K.J. Osborne or Thielen or anybody past the sticks. See, if the ref, the refs just gave you a very questionable roughing the quarterback penalty, yeah. maybe the refs will throw a flag. Do something. And so Dable, to me, is coach of the year. And I, I what he's done with Daniel Jones is fantastic. If the Giants keep him, then I think Daniel Jones can keep up this level of play. If he goes somewhere else, I'm not quite so sure about. I think Dable is the key here, especially when you're seeing what's happening to Josh Allen, what's happened to Daniel Jones. I also would be very squeamish about paying Daniel Jones a ton of money, but they're going to do it. And so, uh, but I give the Giants credit. And now the Giants get a divisional rematch against Philly. Yep. And now that Philly defense, very different than the Minnesota defense, that Philly pass rush, very different. And the reason that I want to hold out on just crowning Daniel Jones is against that Philly pass rush, there is the chance he turns into the previous Daniel Jones. But I give credit where I, I, I will begrudgingly give credit because he was excellent. Okay. We only went 10 minutes over. I'm actually impressed by us there. We'll take a very quick break, less than 90 seconds, come back, talk a little Monday Night Football, and the rest of uh, the kind of fallout of Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. That's next. What's Right, Episode 118. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 118. Uh, we went long in that first segment. I want to leave us time. By the way, can I just look at the screen real quick, Demonte? Can I tell you a frustrating thing about getting old? What, your great beard hairs? Yeah, so I keep thinking there's something in my goatee, in my beard, <laughs> like fuzz from my shirt, and I keep pulling on it, but it's just gray hair. It's just gray beard hair. Yeah. It's brutal. That's a bad beat for me, man. The my my wife says it's coming in here too. I by the way, I'm not going to be a dye your hair guy. I when it you're when not going to dye it all gray. You're saying, or you're not going to no, dye it back. Your yeah, yeah, no, no, no. When it goes gray, it goes gray. I think it probably makes me look more esteemed. I think it'd be fine if it were grayer. But the fact that it's just so like it was patchy with the gray stuff, it just looks like I have stuff on my face. All right, I listen. We got to go fast here. Me, me talking about my beard hair hair is probably not the fastest, the best way to start the segment. We'll get to your comments in the C block. Demonze, get us started here. Wild card weekend wraps up tonight with Cowboys versus the Bucks. Yeah. After a weekend of bad quarterback play, I wonder which versions of Dak and Brady show up. Yeah. Win or lose, will this game have any type of impact on Brady's legacy aside from it being his last home game? He plays inside of Tampa Bay. Well, theoretically, with the Giants win. Brady now could be hosting the NFC championship game. Yeah. If they were to get there, if the Giants beat the Eagles. He's got to face Daniel Jones, I, though, right? Man, I, if 
if Brady goes eight and nine in his path, now listen, I don't think the Bucs can beat the Niners, but it would be pretty unbelievable if his path to the playoffs is a home playoff game against a team that was objectively better than them all year, but just played their worst game of the season and who they beat in week one. Then a rookie quarterback in, in the divisional round, and if the rookie quarterback, who they've already played, by the way, melts down, and then he's got Daniel Jones at home <laughs> to go to an 11th Super Bowl, it would just be unbelievable. Uh, I've got the Bucs tonight. I actually think, though, the Bucs are really, really bummed that the Vikings choked the way they did. Because I think the Bucs would have felt way better about going to Philly than going to San Francisco. And I think the Cowboys feel the same way. Because for the Cowboys, they've beaten Philly. It's a divisional rival. I think both of those teams are really irritated that the bracket didn't hold. Because I know that Philly's the one seed, but I feel like Philly is imminently, exponentially more beatable. They are not as scary as the Niners. As the Niners, yeah. right? Yeah, And I know everybody says I'm disrespecting Philly. The Niners are on a different level, in my opinion, right now. And so now the winner of this game, not only are they going to have to go to San Francisco, they obviously have to go to San Francisco on two days less rest. So the Niners played Saturday, two and a half days almost. The Niners played Saturday afternoon. Right. This game is Monday night. Now, that game will be Sunday, so at least you get almost a full week. Right. But the two days less rest thing does suck to a degree yeah. uh, for, for the Cowboys or the Bucks, But I... I think I had been, I had been saying that I thought the winner of this game was going to go to the conference championship game because I thought the bracket was going to hold and that either of these teams could beat Philly. This game in particular, we have seen the refs keep their flags in their pocket all weekend, right? And then it felt like that pass that roughing the passer penalty that Kirk Cousins got was priming us for what we're about to see tonight on Monday Night Football. I think there will be three. I'm, 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 put, I'm marking it down. I think we will have three Tampa Bay drives extended by... Three is crazy. Not by roughing the passer necessarily. No, oh, okay. By illegal contact, which we haven't seen a lot of. Defensive holding, which we haven't seen a lot of. Defensive pass interference. The refs have called this like playoff football. I think that ends tonight. I think Brady gets all the whistles. I think Dak makes a big mistake. And I think the Bucs win. And I think the Bucs are, you know, a game away from a conference championship appearance. All right, next. All right, it's time for a game. We are playing all in or fold today. Uh, first off, we've got Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he made a loud statement to the Ravens by not traveling with the team for their first round playoff game. All in or fold, Lamar has already taken his last snap as a Raven. All right, so Lamar, sometimes injured guys don't travel. So, like, Tua didn't go to Buffalo. Lamar didn't go with them last week to Cincy. So, I'm not going to overreact to the not travel part of it. Go so, ahead. like, you, why wouldn't you go, though? Like, I mean, I understand, like, with Tua, because he has a, like, he probably had a concussion or something. Right. So, well, listen, I it, again. It's like support, right? That's, I think, how a lot of people view it. I'm not saying you're wrong for viewing it that way. I don't know. Different teams have different rules. They do things. Some teams, everybody travels. Some teams, if you're injured, you're not allowed to travel. You would think maybe certain teams would make an exception if it's a franchise quarterback. I don't know. Like, you know, be on the sideline, help Huntley. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I am not, because I don't know how the Ravens always do it, I am not going to necessarily say, I'm not. I, I, I'm going to not judge that right there because I'm not certain of it. There is. It certainly was. It was curious to a lot of people, so it's noteworthy. But I'm not sure if it should have been curious. Also, it might be he exactly got his money. Well, right. It might be exactly that. And so, and you know, Mike Vick, who's tight with Lamar, said on TV, put a brace on it and go play. Sean Payton said, you know, seemed to imply he needed to play. Sammy Watkins said he wanted him to play. This is all moving 
full speed ahead towards a divorce. Yeah. And I understand that. And this is, here's what's interesting about this. There's a lot of things interesting about this, but I was very critical of the Cardinals for paying Kyler. And a lot of these teams have paid these quarterbacks earlier than they have to. Wentz, Goff, I think Kyler's on that list. Russ wasn't on a rookie deal. They paid him way early, set Russ aside. And I said, you don't need to do this. I don't know why you're doing this. And the answer might be, because if we don't, something like this can happen. Where a guy doesn't get paid and gets banged up and protects himself. And we need the guy to be all in to not then. And here's the other part of it that I've talked about. Lamar doesn't have an agent. Right. So he's doing his own negotiations. The whole thing. And there are, what would the Atlanta Falcons give up for Lamar Jackson? Hmm. What would the New York Jets give up for Lamar Jackson? What would the Indianapolis Colts give up for Lamar Jackson? And I know a lot of people are like, well, the Ravens never trade him. They're just going to franchise tag him. He might not sign it. And he might hold out. And that's not even holding out because holding out implies you, you're under contract. You right. would be under contract. So I think he, I think he's played his last snap as a Raven. I do. I said that a few weeks ago. At the time, people thought it was crazy. It is looking more and more likely that that's the case. Next. Uh, reports are that Tool will be back as a starter in Miami next year. Geno Smith also stated that he wants to finish his career in Seattle. If they return, will they make it back to the postseason? All in a fold, Tua and Gino will lead their teams back to the playoffs in 2023. All right, I'll fold that. I think that, so let's start with the Dolphins. Hmm. I don't know that Tua is going to be the quarterback. there. I think Tom Brady might be the quarterback. there, And I think that you give Tua a full year post all these concussions. And you're like, Tua, you're a guy still, but we can get Brady. They wanted Brady before a year of Brady and then move forward with Tua. I think that's on the board. I also think even if Tua is the guy, he, here's the thing. And I think people don't fully understand this part of it. I think people think talking about Tua's size makes it, it's like, well, okay, but his size, what's that matter? He's getting concussions. That's his brain. He's getting the concussions in part because he can be ragdolled oh, and right. thrown to the ground so much differently than bigger quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like the, the bigger, stronger quarterbacks aren't getting manhandled that way. So no one is immune to concussions, but you can be more or less likely to be in a situation where someone's going to be able to concuss you. Right, because you're getting, like, trampled yeah, and falls over uh, really easily. Exactly. All of that stuff. And so that that, that is problematic. And, and you think Russ, who's a smaller quarterback, when he got a concussion against the Chiefs, when he's running and, you know, trying to go for the goal line, like, there's there's just certain guys. Like, Josh Allen can't be ragdolled. He can get hit. He can have a lot of things happen to him. And I'm not saying he can't get a, anyone get a concussion, but if, if Tua obviously is more susceptible than the average quarterback, so even if he's the starter, what does that guarantee you as far as how many games he's going to play? So that part of it's a factor. The Bills are not going anywhere, and I think the Jets, if they get Derek Carr or Lamar, are going to be excellent. I also think the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins spent a lot of money for Bradley Chubb to not be able to get a pass rush without sending a blitz. They were blitzing. Now, they ended up sacking Josh Allen a bunch, but it wasn't because they could get home with four. They had to keep sending extra people, which left the secondary exposed. And I I would just monitor Tyreek Hill's mood over the next year. Tyreek talked a lot, and it all was going great. And that team went from eight and three to nine and eight, and then nine and nine and out of the playoffs. And Tyreek did not have a great game. So that's the Dolphins side of it. The Seattle side of it is a more interesting one 
And I do think Seattle could be a playoff team next year. The NFC is soft. There aren't great quarterbacks. The NFC West is, in my opinion, in total disarray. The Niners are great. The Cardinals are going to be a mess. And the Rams, I don't think, are going to be good. There's also a weird thing where Aaron Donald, during the games on Sunday, changed his Twitter bio to former Rams defensive lineman yeah. and then changed it back. Yeah, that was a, I looked for it and it said, but it, it didn't say the former. Yeah, he, he had put it and then changed right. it back. Uh, I also always wonder who monitors that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he sent out a tweet. Someone yeah. was just on well, Aaron Donald's page. Right. Yeah. It was just a weird thing. But set that aside. Excuse me. Um, I think there's real questions about Stafford, where he is as a player. I know McVay said he's coming back. My point is Seattle could be the second best team in that division. They played all these rookies, teams that played the foremost rookies in football this year, foremost snaps. Houston makes sense. Chicago makes sense. Jets? Seattle and the Chiefs, actually. Oh, okay. Um, The Jets would have been more, but the running back got hurt. You know what I mean? Uh, And so the Jets were high on the list, though. But Seattle and the Chiefs have to be incredibly optimistic about the fact we played all these rookies and we were still playoff teams. Chiefs are great. Seattle, you know, overachieved to a degree. And I think they'll keep Gina. And, you know, they're and so I think Seattle could be a playoff team next year if they keep Gino. And by the way, they also have, keep in mind, that great Broncos pick. They're going to be able to add another blue chip player. They have the Broncos first and second round pick. Seattle's a sneaky possible Lamar destination if they want to move on from Gino. That that running game, you know, I, I don't see it happening. But that's a sneaky one. All right, next. All right, the 13-4 and four Vikings had their season come to an end and prove once and all, once and for all, that yeah. they were true frauds of the 2022 season. In the end, it came down to Kirk Cousins throwing five yards short of the sticks. Classic Kirk Cousins. Yeah. All in her fold, the Vikings can make the Super Bowl oh, with st- Kirk Shut Cousins. up. Nobody believes. Of course that's a fold. And it's just a disaster for them. And they... I'm looking up Kirk Cousins' contract right now because I don't know what they do is the problem. I don't know how what how you get where you need to get to. Because yeah, you went 13 and 4, you won the division, but you're you're you have so many issues. So Cousins next year is the last year of his deal. You can't extend him. They keep giving him these extensions. You can't. You got to let him go into a lame duck year and then rip the Band-Aid off. But what they need, listen, the throw, we talked about it earlier, throwing five yards short of the sticks there is is unfathomably bad. Do you think Daniel Jones is better than Kirk Cousins? Wow. <laughs> I'd rather have Daniel Jones. I'd rather, like, I, there, there are certain moments. I'm saying, like, they need to let him go. I'm just thinking, like, he's not bad. Like, he's I know not he, bad. Kirk Cousins. No, but you have a clear ceiling. And there are certain moments in the NFL that I don't think you can get over. So last year <laughs> after the playoffs, the, the Raiders played the Bengals in round one. They got it inside the 10 with 30 seconds left. Carr spiked the ball on first down, which was a grievous error. But whatever, he did it. They then threw three passes, Demonze, down seven, less than 30 seconds left in the playoffs. Not one of them, they were inside the 10. They were at the nine, I think. Not one of them was into the end zone. They were all short of the end zone. They lost the game, and I said, you can't come back from that. Sorry. I said, that moment, the Raiders and Derek Carr are getting a divorce. We don't know when, but it's happening. It happened this year. Same last year's playoffs. The Titans are playing the Bengals. Goddamn Bengals, man. They, they're running real hot on this stuff. The, I mean, the, the I understand they beat Mahomes, and I give them all the credit in the world for that, but their other playoff victories came with Derek Carr doing Derek Carr things, the Tannehill game I'm about to describe to you, and then Tyler Huntley yesterday, okay? the And Mahomes was lighting them up for a half and then went haywire. And the, but set, set all that aside. Ryan Tannehill, in that game against the Bengals, 
off a bye as the one seed. Started the game with a pick, threw a terrible red zone pick, and ended the game with a pick to lose the game. And I said right then and there that he's done. They, he's done there. Now, they haven't recognized that yet, but he's done there. This is a, That's what that moment was for Kirk Cousins. You're done. You, it might take the team a year to acknowledge it, but you don't come back from that. It's over. And so I don't know what they do. But no, he'll never lead them to a Super Bowl. All, All right, right, last one. question to make yeah. it to the second round of the playoffs. They could make it to the second round of the playoffs. I don't. Yeah, they sure they I could make. I need to hear a little faith in Kirk Cousins from me. Why do you like Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I just I think I like these underdog quarterbacks. Uh, evidently, you like Daniel. Daniel Jones? Jones is different though. He's like that. Okay. All right. Next, well, last one. Despite you swearing them off, you were back on the black and milds to celebrate the prince's comeback win. Yep. So speaking of comebacks, all in her fold, black and milds are making a comeback. I'm folding that. Yeah. Black and milds I mean, are not. Making oh, they haven't. They've always been. Oh, okay. We're not talking about with you. We're talking about with other people. No, we're talking about with me. Oh, what do you mean make a comeback? They've always been here. I hadn't smoked a black and mild in six months. It's been a long time. I live with you, ma'am. What's your point? I smoked the occasional Lucy cigarette. I haven't smoked a black and mild in a long time. Okay. Maybe my eyes. I'm tripping. I might be tripping. I think you're tripping. All right. I think you're tripping. I think you're kind of trying to dry snitch right now. <laughs> and I don't much appreciate it. Come back and answer your questions in the chat. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching. So fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer. Thanks to a vast menu of chef crafted, never frozen meals with options like calorie smart, protein plus and keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 118, What's Right with Nick Wright. Also, obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge it's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, I Back when I used to do radio on MLK Day, we used to play at the end of the show the entirety of the I Have a Dream speech. We're not going to do that here. What I am going to say is be very, very leery of folks who today will cherry pick one or two MLK quotes uh, to pretend that they rep anything that he represented. And also, it is always instructive to remind yourself that Martin Luther King was reviled by the, a lo- large majorities of the non-black population in this country when he was still alive, that s- over 70% of white Americans thought the March on Washington, which was the precursor to the I Have a Dream speech, was a bad idea. And uh, if you read what he believed about not only race in this country, but poverty in this country, workers in this country, all of those things, uh, I think you'll be able to get a better idea of who he truly was rather than simply, you know, 35 words about racial harmony. All right, Demonze, 
Let's get to the fan questions, please. All right, Rashad asks, isn't the Lamar thing becoming the Spurs Kawhi story in football form? It's a great comp, and maybe. Yeah. So Kawhi got hurt in the end of the 2017 playoffs. And then the 2018 season was just, like, missing. And the Spurs kept saying he was ready to play, but he wasn't ready to play, and then they ended up having to trade him. And that's not the, it's not one-to-one with Lamar because that wasn't a money thing at all. But I, I said it a month ago that if Lamar doesn't play in these playoffs, I think he's played his last down as a Raven, and it's looking more and more like that. Next. All right, Anthony Johnson said, Devonze, can you give us a look into what never a doubt really looks like? Is Nick as confident while watching the games? He's not, actually. Um, it can actually be kind of frustrating watching football games with him sometimes, especially when you play a parlay, because he's really negative. Um, when, when one little thing happens, you know, the team, like, I'll give you an example. The Dolphins were playing yesterday. Uh, they were doing good. And then I think the Bills ended up scoring. But the Dolphins were obviously holding, and then he's like, oh, God damn it. Now you probably don't even cover. They're a, they're a touchdown away from. And it's like, dude, they've been scoring. Like, with the Bills going score, the Miami Dolphins, gets to, he's really, you're really negative when you watch the Okay, games. can I ask you a question? What? More often than not, am I correct in how I'm breaking down the good or the bad or why a bet is not yet in or how – it could go sideways on you. I'd say it's like 40, 60, uh, and like 40% being the times you're right. 60%. Cause like, sometimes it's like, they're like, sometimes it's really irrational. Like sometimes I find it to be a little irrational and it's like, all right, dude, I kind of got some money on this right now. I don't really want to hear about how it could go bad. I'd rather just see it happen. than like be like, you know, it's, it's, I'm trying to mentally demonstrate. You haven't won a bet in since Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. That, that that's a lie. What? Uh, when did you win? What did you win? That, uh, we're when? About, How long ago? Um, it was probably one of my parlays that I try to keep on the low, so you didn't sour it. Okay. Uh, what did uh, you win one this weekend? No. No. Okay. Did you win one last weekend? Um, we'll, we'll see. Okay. But um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's just like. He's, he's definitely glass half empty type of dude. And even when it comes to his own teams. What do you it's, mean? It's like, even when it comes to the Chiefs, like you say, oh, they're going to freaking lose this game. I don't and say it, the Chiefs are going to lose. That's just not oh, true. Wait. That's just <laughs> not true. I, I, there are times where I say they okay, could, could lose. They could lose. They could lose. I, uh, yeah. I've been, I've been studying and watching sports for a quarter century. I have a pretty good pulse on how things could go, which is why I'm one of the all-time greatest live game, live bettors in the world. Hey, and, all time. And it's so funny that you say, I haven't hit a bet since Thanksgiving. That bet that I hit on Thanksgiving, you did the exact thing that I'm talking about right now. What's you were that? like, because uh, it was it was for like Jared Goff under on passing yards or something. And they were getting, the, and I was like, uh, I was like, I hit it. I hit it. I don't care. And they were like, no, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, geez, dude. And the what? Right? I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to because I want to tell you the one time I didn't. The, oh, oh, on the, the Jags. The, oh. Yeah, <laughs> the one time I didn't. I'm going to tell you right now. Demonze made the biggest bet of his life at two in the morning, irrationally for no reason. <laughs> A terrible value ten point teaser across the zero, not getting the key numbers. Just, just the worst. And the and he needed, he had the Cowboys plus five. Like, oh yeah, and that's a half. five and a half. Yeah. Those he somehow took did a ten point teaser, taking the Cowboys from minus four and a half to plus five and a half. Would have been better off just lighting the money on fire as far as the value you're getting there. Not because you couldn't won, but because if you're gonna if you're gonna pay for ten points, make them a valuable ten points, not teasing across the zero and a five. But regardless, hey, and that game you. went to overtime and DeMonte's feeling great. And the Jags have the ball. I'm sorry. The Cowboys have the ball and DeMonte's feeling untouchable. And I'm sitting there thinking, buddy, five and a half is not six and a half. But I stayed quiet. And then a Dak Prescott pick six 
And I even tried to be optimistic the moment the pick six happened. I was like, maybe it touched the ground. And then DeMonte sitting there watching, sitting there watching. And then with the force of a thousand suns, smacks the couch, walks out of the room, and I don't see him again for six hours. Didn't freaking always- walk out of the room after the slap. Hold on. That didn't happen. Dude, shortly after, thereafter. Yeah, about 20 minutes. Okay, you like- sat there and stewed angrily. <laughs> and, 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 so I, and I felt badly because I didn't prepare you for the potential loss. Nothing could have prepared me for that potential loss. Well, and if I would have, you would have blamed me. You'd have been like, oh, you spoke it into existence. Yeah, no, I, I honestly would rather you not prepare me for okay. it. Okay. Because it's just like putting All right, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll stay quiet on this stuff. That's fine. I'm just I'm just trying to help. All right, next. Dionysus asks, Nick, no LeBron 38K talk yet? I'm shocked. It's football day. But, yeah, LeBron just became the second player ever to get 38,000 points, the youngest player to ever hit 38,000 points, which means that LeBron James is the youngest player ever for every single 1,000-point threshold. And, in fact, every single point after I think about 600 or something, he's the youngest to ever do it. So, like, who's the youngest guy to ever get to 25,000 points? LeBron. 15,000 points, LeBron. 18,000, 4,000, 9,000. It's all LeBron. But then it's also, who's the youngest guy to ever get to, I don't know, 11,212? LeBron. It's every every number. Every number after, like, the first few hundred, he's the youngest. And the Lakers had a brutal loss last night, by the way. Next. Matt Ford asks, are we sure Dusty is watching or is this proof that your pop producers are more dedicated than your TV producers? It's a good question. Dusty always complaining that we don't get his questions in. We've called for him three times now and he's not in the chat. Good job, Dusty Matt. Dusty might be your funniest co-worker. My funniest co-worker? Dusty's really funny to me. Can I tell you something funny that happened at work and then we can move on? What's up? Um, so a few days ago, there was a miscommunication about something that uh, one of the producers on the TV show thought we wanted like something on the screen that wasn't communicated properly, right? It was really Wilds' fault, actually. Okay. Um, and it involved Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner. It doesn't matter. And I thought, so during the TV show, Dusty, Ramsey, and Christina sometimes or different producers sit on set, but off camera. Right. And I thought Dusty did it. And I've known Dusty <laughs> for six years and he and I are buddies. And I turned after the segment and I said, that was done on purpose. <laughs> and they said, yeah. And I said, like, angrily, never do that again. Because I thought I was talking Dusty. But it was one of our newest, youngest producers, <laughs> Ramsey, that had done it. Again, it was Wilds' fault. I just emailed and, him. And with that guy? <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't know it, but I was kind of like sternly scolding or yelling, whatever, at Ramsey. Dusty's, yeah. And poor Ramsey, who's the nicest kid and does a great job, sent me like a long apology text and the whole thing. And I, and I felt so terribly. And then it also made me realize I must be very comfortable just yelling at Dusty because I didn't feel badly at all when I thought it was Dusty. <laughs> but when I found out it was Ramsey, I was like, oh, man, that was so mean. Uh, all right, last question. Dusty question. just said that he put two comments in there. Uh, oh, he, he did? Me, but uh, You want to read? Did he text them to you? No, he just said he's literally commented twice. But oh, well, I re- left out. Oh, all right, go ahead. Re- Martin Sanchez said, Nick, you need some new producers. Gabe is garbage with the quality too often, and his and his and his quibs are annoying. If you're going to get bad quality, at least you can get someone with without the awful quibs. Is Martin Sanchez first, somebody that we know? I don't know who he is. I don't know who wrote that. Second of all, the word is quip. If, listen, this oh, is I'm one of those quibs. No, that's what. Yeah, there's always oh, the B pronounced with a P. No, 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 no. That the the, the the guy just typed it wrong. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm allowed to talk trash to my producers. Martin Sanchez, you are not. <laughs> yeah, that, I, You're I not. I thought that was somebody that I don't knew like that was at joking all. with Gabe. By the way, a little breaking news. Lamar Jackson just posted this to his IG story. When you have something good, you don't play with it. 
You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it. Because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too. With the little prayer hands emoji. Would you just read that for me? Lamar Jackson's Instagram. Oh, wow. So. He's done. I mean, maybe his girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> or maybe that's about the Ravens. But <laughs> that ain't good. i tell you that much right now. Now, again, maybe it turns out, that, you know what I mean? It's heartbroken. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his relationship status. But that is either about a woman or about <laughs> just the Baltimore Ravens. Totally helps his case being that Huntley did what he did yesterday. It's not great. It's like. It's not great. Mars just said, you ever seen that Leonardo DiCaprio thing where he's pointing at the screen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. Okay. I'm, All right. Thanks. Good job. Way to end the show. That was episode 118 of What's Right. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Today on television. It will be a tour de force performance to open the show. I don't want to spoil anything, but we have trumpets. We have we have more members of the orchestra, if you will. And I've got something special planned. So that's at 3 o'clock Eastern today on FS1. See you guys there. Have a great day. What's right?